0: Fly around, little green peas from the ground, buttermilk biscuits, nice and brown. Bring it to Tennessee farm table, butter beans, peas, beets, and chard. Chickens running in the yard, catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee Farm Table.
1: Welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table, a show dedicated to the people of our Appalachian region who produce, prepare and preserve our local foods and agricultural products. This is your hostess Amy Campbell. Our theme song was graciously sung, arranged, and produced by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine in Madisonville, Tennessee. We are so proud of this talented 14-year-old Tennessee talent from Madisonville, Tennessee. This morning, we're setting the table with generosity. Being this close to Christmas, I thought it'd be a good time to feature the good works and generosity of Second Harvest of East Tennessee and their executive director, Elaine Streno. We also have a story from Fred Sossman from his Potluck radio series with Alan Benton describing how Alan makes his red-eyed gravy. And we'll also be joined by the music of Scott Miller, accompanied by Peg Hambright on the piano for our gospel tune. Thank you so much for your good company here today at our Tennessee table. Now let's get started. Let's first join Executive Director Elaine Streno of Second Harvest of East Tennessee. A few facts, Second Harvest feeds the hungry across our 18-county area, and last year they provided 14.2 million meals to the hungry. 39% of those meals were served to children. Now let's join Elaine right now and hear more about Second Harvest and the good things they do for our community. And goodness, thanks for letting me have a little time today. Oh, I'm honored
2: always, um, anytime I can talk about Second Harvest. So many people really don't understand how we provide food to the needy. So always an opportunity to get one of your listeners, hopefully, to, um,
1: oh, I I
2: see how they work now. Well,
1: that's what I'm hoping. I know the good work that you do, but I don't really know what, when, and where and all that. I have read 35 years Second Harvest Food Bank has been in existence. Right. So, let me ask you, how is it that Second Harvest came to be?
2: Perfect question. Okay. Okay, so
1: back in the
2: 70s, uh, late 60s, early 70s, there were a group of grassroots individuals in the United States that saw how much food was being thrown away in America. And they came up with the concept of, why don't we have the entities that are throwing this food away give to an organization they trust? Hence, our network, Feeding America, started. So there's 200 of us across the country, and the total concept when this Feeding America network started, keep food out of the dumpster, please make the donations to an entity. That's how this affiliate started. We actually, um, we were a Feeding America back then. They called it Second Harvest, but now it's Feeding America. Um, We were a satellite of the Chattanooga area. We started, we're one of the earlier food banks to start, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we're number 31 out of the network, but um, it opened in 1982 by a group of very committed local individuals, uh, White Lily executives, um, the grocery, white stores executives, a lot of the historical people that um, knew the food industry and knew how much was being thrown away nationally. That was the the whole concept of how it started. They got their 501c3. This affiliate opened in 1982 as the share food bank, but um, it was distributing food to 18 counties. We uh, serve through partners. We serve 18 counties.
1: My goodness. Yes. What a good thing, because it just hurts your heart to see food go in the trash.
2: That's really... It's all changed, Mm -hmm. but really that's where it all started. Mm -hmm. Keep food out of the dumpster and let's feed the hungry with it.
1: I read on your website that in 2016, you all provided 14.2 million meals to the hungry across these 18 counties. How in the world do you get food to the people?
2: Great question. So we have six different feeding programs. They all look different. They all feel different. The basic food bank world was food sourcing where the donated product came in and we distribute it to other nonprofits. Mm-hmm. They have to have a 501c3 or have their church tax number. Mm-hmm. Um, 200 partners in 18 counties were signed up to get food through the food sourcing. Then we started the food rescue, which is a huge mm-hmm. program now. You mentioned the grocery stores. Mm -hmm. All of the grocery outlets in our 18 counties minus a couple smaller ones, all the Walmarts, all the Kroger's, all the food cities, all the Publix, all of the huge chains that are in our service area, give us their donated product, um, produce and meats. Really healthy product in the food rescue program. We have, and it's grown a lot, and I won't go into details, we have six refrigerated trucks on the road serving 18 counties every day, picking up food from all the grocery stores I've mentioned and delivering it to an agency straight that afternoon without any distribution fee whatsoever, no fee at all. It's a very expensive program because in the old days, we could have volunteers drive these trucks. But now, due to our legal world, days like this miserable day, we have to have CDL, drug tested drivers, Mm -hmm. drive our trucks. So it's a very expensive program, and um, the agencies that receive this food are very, very grateful. But it's through partners that we do our work. So they'll mm-hmm. go to a, pub, a grocery store, pick up what's been donated, three or four stores that day, and then um, they'll drive it to Knox Area Rescue Ministries, or drive it to the Salvation Army, drive it to Helen Ross McNabb, now, depending on, mm-hmm. again, in 18 counties. So you can imagine, and they all have to have a nonprofit status. And um, in 18 counties, we keep it in the county we pick it up on. So when we're in the Oneida Walmart, we're taking it to a Scott County agency.
1: That's so great.
2: Well, the, the people that work at these stores are very pride, mm-hmm. pride-mindful people, mm-hmm. and they don't want it taken out of their county mm-hmm. because they know there's hunger in Scott County and there's hunger in Cock County. There's hunger in every one of our service area counties.
1: And um, it just is more direct.
2: Correct. We really are committed to this program because it is how this whole network started. Mm -hmm. Is it expensive? Yes. Is it costly and taxing? Yes. Mm -hmm. But it's something that we're committed to. Certainly, there's not a food bank in our country that is doing it without a distribution fee, and I'm just still hanging on to that.
1: It's got to be a massive amount of people that you have to... Um, pay, because you, you can't depend 100% on volunteers, there's no, just Not, in no any way. Way. Not anymore, no. No, okay. yeah. Well, and so what are your chief needs in ways for people to help you the most, where okay. you need it the most? So we have
2: 39 staff.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, we are very efficient, 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to the needy. Mm-hmm. We have 3,000 people that come in our warehouse volunteering. Three thousand
1: wonderful it is.
2: We have about twenty seven thousand donated volunteer hours. Some of our volunteers come in every Wednesday morning every week. Some of our volunteers are church groups traveling through East Tennessee in the summer and they always like to have a project so they come here. But three thousand individuals volunteered this past year, 16, 17, And we thankful and I'll show you our area. But you can volunteer obviously a dollar goes a long way it provides three meals so if your listeners are out there you can if you don't have the money to donate you can come in bring um your children if they're over 10 bring your church support group bring your rotary group and volunteer we're open all day saturdays just for that oh good and um if you want to donate our Mm -hmm. website is secondharvestetn.org and that's you know up to you
1: So, right now, we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, I want to hear more about how you got to be doing what you're doing, Elaine. Okay. Sounds great. Okay. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table is brought to you in part by Century Harvest Farms and Century Harvest Farms Foundation in Greenback, Tennessee. A sustainable farm in East Tennessee producing 100% grass fed beef and other wholesome farm products. Preservative free grass fed charcuterie, preserves, pickles, and jams. Also home to the community serving, food insecurity fighting Century Harvest Farms Foundation. Details at centuryharvest.com. This is Amelia Guy Scott from the Welcome Table, and you are listening to the Tennessee Farm
2: Table on East Tennessee's own WDVX.
1: We're sitting here speaking with Elaine Streno at the Second Harvest Food Bank, and Elaine, thanks so much again. Oh, you're welcome. I, we always are honored to be able to talk about how we provide meals through
2: our six different feeding programs. So,
1: Absolutely. I'm really glad to be able to talk about the good work you're doing.
2: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. We all do.
1: Well, um, and I hope that people listening will go to your website again. Yes. And what is that again?
2: Secondharvestetn.org. And I know you have a passion for healthy products, so I'm going to add this. Our whole network is headed. Um, one of the reasons our food banking business plan has is, is altered is so we, we are buying healthy product the donated product sometimes can be just flat-out junk food, and although, you know, we appreciate the goodwill of the donor, the, some of the people we are feeding um, are are unhealthy in their diet, and certainly are suffering a, a multitude of illnesses because of it. Mm-hmm. So we don't buy junk food; we buy good, healthy product, and love the summers because of the produce we get.
1: Well, I saw you all, I think the summer before last, down at one of the farmer's markets. Yep. And are you still participating in that? We are
2: involved in the Anderson County Farmer's Market, Knox County, and Blount County, picking up, you know, at the end of the Saturday, any produce that a farmer wants to give us.
1: That's wonderful. Thank you. Yeah.
2: grateful for their donation and their generosity.
1: Absolutely. Well, I might try to grow extra in the garden then.
2: We have a garden. We do? We have 12 beds, and obviously it's pretty wet today. But if you want to come back at some point, I know Gail, our staff person, whoever sees it, would love to um, show you. And that's a commercial, so we get back to the focus. And I apologize, (laughs) but I wanted to make sure your listeners knew that.
1: How did you get into this line of work?
2: Okay, so here's the long story, and I'll make it very short. Um, As a kid, I grew up in a, a pretty dysfunctional childhood home. Just... A lot of moves, didn't have a community. Uh, my mother was the rock, my father made terrible choices. In my mind as a child, um, my mom is from Chattanooga, my dad's from Lawrenceburg, but I never lived in Tennessee. Um, we always lived in other places. Um, I just remember thinking, man, if we could, if I could just have an opportunity to have a job where it gave back, what a great blessing it would be, because it really truly really was dysfunctional. Again, my mother um, made sure we all Attended college, she knew that that was the way out of where we were in our uh, just craziness of um, what we were raised in. So I majored in social work. Just knew that if I could give back, I would. Mm -hmm. That's also knew that I needed to get a degree, and you know, times have changed obviously, but back when I was in school a million years ago, that thing was um, a rainbow for me. So uh, my husband at that time was transferred to Knoxville has a job in Oak Ridge and in 1983 we moved here and I got the job back in 1985 right after it started for one year and um, I was just young enough and naive enough to think yeah sure I can run a nonprofit you know back when you were just young and and naive Um, then we moved away and we came back and um, I got the job again in 93 so I had a commitment and a passion for understanding what some of the people that we feed, we are feeding some of what they're going through. Oh yes. I don't know all of the challenges now, but I knew I knew that dysfunction can can play a heavy role, and not and knowing that you're not going to have dinner on the table that night. So, mm-hmm. I just was very committed. I have made a million mistakes. I have learned a ton. Uh, my board of directors has been very very grateful to me for for wanting to learn as much as I can. Yeah. Um, granted, I've screwed up royally, but I've always had that compassion for the people who call us. And we get calls every day, Amy, um, from all over our service area, just fear in their voice. They don't know where their dinner's going to come from tonight. And um, with what I had to deal with when I was a kid, I can take away the judgment of, you know what, how'd you get in that situation? What, what got yeah. you there? there are a lot of people that have made terrible decisions and are needing food tonight Mm -hmm. and then there are some that are working as hard as they can they just haven't been able to figure out how to make as much money to feed their family so um, as i say all the time whether they need us long term or they need a short term preferably short term Mm -hmm. so they can get back on their feet Mm -hmm. second harvest is going to be committed to helping provide them food
1: and again one more time what is that website?
2: SecondHarvestETN.org.
1: Okay. Yep. Well, Elaine Strano, Executive Director of Second Harvest Food Bank, thanks for talking with us. You're welcome, Amy. It's
2: always an honor.
3: This is Daniel Eisenbry, public health educator at the Knox County Health Department, and you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. Broadcasting on the radio waves from Knoxville on Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. on East Tennessee's own community station, WDVX.
1: And how about if we hear from our friend Fred Sausman?
3: This is Potluck Radio. I'm Fred Saussman. A divine elixir. That's what the late food writer John Edgerton called red-eye gravy. It's the simplest and cheapest gravy imaginable. Alan Benton, the owner of Benton's Smoky Mountain Country Hams in Madisonville, Tennessee, says red-eye gravy always begins with a piece of cured meat. It's essentially the grease and drippings from frying the ham. Legend has it that the name red-eye originated when Andrew Jackson asked a whiskey-drinking cook to bring him some ham with gravy as red as the cook's eyes. A more likely
4: explanation is the gravy's dark red color. To make red-eye gravy, you need some fat on the ham. Many of the hams today don't have much fat, so I save ham fat at my place to make my red-eye gravy. I'll fry the fat and render the fat to get the grease, and I'll lay a slice of country ham in there for about 35, 40 seconds on one side, 35, 40 seconds on the other side, and take it up. It's ready to serve. But to make the red-eye gravy, I'll add just a pinch of brown sugar, depending on how much gravy I'm trying to make, maybe a half of a cup of brewed coffee, and I'll turn my skillet up a little bit higher and take a spoon and stand there and stir that till I reduce that liquid down almost to where it was before I added the coffee to it. Pour that up, and that's red-eye gravy, which is incredible on grits or a biscuit. You don't have to have much to add a lot of flavor. Very much a dish out of hard times. Very much a dish out of hard times, yes, as all gravy, I'm sure, was originally. Red Eye Gravy brings together two of the
3: South's most enduring symbols, cured pork and a black iron skillet. For Potluck Radio, I'm Fred Saussman.
1: And now it's time for the gospel portion of our radio broadcast. We like to call this our daily bread. Let's hear from Scott Miller, a former resident of Knoxville, Tennessee, along with piano accompaniment from Knoxville's own Peg Hambright. She's an artist and owner of Magpies and a really talented musician. So it's Scott Miller along with Peg Hambright with Is There Room on the Cross for Me?
5: If this world in which we live is exactly what it is Is there room on the cross for me? If the only chosen few are chosen only I beg for some sorrowful peace Take me with you when you go I can't stand. We're cast as the only one we have is room on the cross for me. My life is nothing to compare to those who've earned. Take me with you when you go. I can't stand this world alone. Is a room on the cross for me? Take me with you when you go. I can't stand this world alone. Is a room on the cross. Oh, no.